0: So this woman works at a sperm bank and a masked gunman breaks in, puts a gun right between her eyes, points at a container and says, I want you to drink that specimen. The woman says, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to unscrew the top of that container and drink that specimen Or I'm going to blow your fucking head off. So the woman unscrews the top off the container and she drinks the specimen. And the gunman takes off his mask. And it's her husband. And he says, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? (laughs) Welcome to the I want you guys to know that I am neither proud of what I just said, nor what I am currently saying. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matthew. I can already tell you that today's lesson I'm going to learn the hard way is going to be to record the podcast first and eat the burrito second. Because right now, you guys, I am not okay. Speaking of I'm not okay, I have to talk about the fact that that. When We Were Young Fest was canceled, which is making all of the emo kids in Vegas cry because My Chemical Romance and Paramore were supposed to headline. But isn't that kind of the point of the show? You go to the show and you cry or you don't go to the show and you cry. I feel like either way, you're getting what you want. Okay, let's start off with a couple of medium pimpin' features. I forgot to do these the last couple of weeks and that one's on me. I did have several submissions from the fellas which i appreciate that thank you fellas for stepping up and sending some really really good ones so let's do two these ones are for the boys this first one is great it's from a very old friend of mine actually so i got to start off with that i wake up early and play a round of golf come home make lunch and watch football, and then get sucked into a YouTube 9-11 conspiracy rabbit hole for the rest of the day in my PJs, wanting to get food but not being able to leave my couch. Okay, first of all, I'm not really a big golf guy. I can't even get it into the clown's mouth. Second of all, I am surprisingly not much of a conspiracy nut. Considering all of the crazy shit that I'm into, you would think I'd be all about it, but I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of shady shit going on, but none of that has ever really interested me. However, I am a big fan of PJs. My love of not wearing pants has been very well documented. I feel about not wearing pants the way young, Horny girls with terrible tasted men feel about Pete Davidson. I'm also a big fan of YouTube rabbit holes. I have a lot of them. I love fist fights. I love public freakouts. I love movie bloopers. I love Karen's getting shut down. I am a whore for some good ASMR videos. If you are in the market, for a good ASMR video, I will fuck you up. Probably my favorite overall YouTube rabbit hole is CCTV video of people that have gone missing. I don't know if you've ever watched those before, but it's truly fucking terrifying. And now that I'm thinking about it, that makes me think of this week's gold star question. We're gonna do it right up top. What is your YouTube rabbit hole? I want to know. Everybody has one. Don't you go fucking pretending you're all normal on me right now, okay? It could be pimple popping. It could be weird-ass toe surgery. It could be... UFO shit, whatever it is, I want you to reach out to me all the normal ways, the emails, the Instagrams, the um, DMs, fucking text me, I don't care. Reach out to me because if there is a weird rabbit hole that I have never gone down, I am going to go down it. The second medium pimpin' feature that I want to do Is (laughs) is <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm going to read it and then and then we're going to we're going to jump in because I'm I'm ready for this one. I am the stepdad of three wonderful children. One night a week, the little terrors stay with their biological father. So having one night without the responsibility of making a family meal, my old lady and I bust out the TV dinner trays we have hidden we microwave a couple of hungry man xxl dinners eat in the living room watching our shows while doing shots of whiskey the way trailer trash jesus intended all right there is a lot to unpack with that so let's 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 jump in break this one down first judge me if you must but my fat ass could write a dissertation on the beauty of TV trays people who are healthy, happy, well adjusted, enjoy their lives and all that other shit I can't relate to will tell you that the worst habit to have when it comes to eating is the whole TV tray thing in front of in front of your in front of your TV on the couch, right? And you know what I say to that? I say Make sure you spend 45 minutes before the meal is ready scrolling through for shit to watch so the food doesn't get cold. The time that you spend scrolling for something to watch before the meal, it's like fucking food foreplay. Oh my god, have you ever found exactly what you want to watch right as the food gets dropped off at your door? That is straight up fucking spank material right there. Second... Let me talk about those Hungry Man XXL shits. My mom would get me those when I was a kid, when she got her tax return. That was her version of spoiling me. And I'm not complaining. It was light years better than having to choke down my mom's famous moist-free chicken. <sighs> my mom's chicken was drier than, let's say a trisket in an old woman's cupboard. Oh, that's right. I went all wholesome on your ass with that one. If you expected me to go another direction with that, and you're a little bit disappointed that I didn't, welcome home. You're definitely in the right place. Those Hungry Man dinners are actually kind of fucking legit. I mean, I guess they were, like I haven't had one since I was a kid back in the early 1940s. It was all about that apple pie dessert. Does it look good? No. absolutely does not it looks like whatever's left over in the dishwasher after someone puts an apple pie pan through half a cycle but does it taste good also no but do i remember it being my favorite part absolutely why i have no clue but i do remember being a little bit disappointed when it didn't taste kind of like plastic overall i'm gonna give that medium pimpin feature a 4.8 out of 5 cigarette butts And it gets the Coors Light Seal of Approval. Congratulations on that one. Now, again, there is no segue here. So, fuck the segues. In the spirit of doing everything right up front in this episode, we're going to hit the best and worst of the week early. I want to get this out of the way because, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a little bit embarrassed. The best of the week this week, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Taylor Swift's new album is pretty fucking incredible. I have never been much of a Taylor fan. That being said, I don't know of anyone who doesn't like at least one or two by her myself included, she's got some hits. She is incredibly talented. She puts her whole ass heart into what she does. And I respect that a fucking boatload. However, music overall to me, it's so visceral. And I need to be able to feel it. I need to feel the lyrics. I need to feel the emotion. You get bonus points if I can relate the lyrics to my own experience, but she's a younger woman and I'm an old man. Her songs are about so many different aspects of life that either I can't relate to, or I've already found songs that take me to that place that she's going in her music. So a lot of her shit, as great as it is, it really isn't for me, if that makes sense. It's for other people. If I can't relate, or put myself into the song in some type of way, the music that I'm listening to, for me to like it, needs to be fucking immaculate, okay? Her new album, Midnights, is exactly that. It is immaculate. I don't really give a shit that she's growing up. That's her business. We have all had to do that. I mean, I guess most of us have had to do that. Everyone knows like one or two people in their lives that haven't grown up at all, no matter how old they are, right? But I digress. For me, this album isn't about someone maturing. This album is about someone's music maturing. It is what happens when pop music grows up. There are moody synth beats, every lyric, cuts deep with no exceptions, by the way, where Adele is continuously singing about the same shit that sounds the same. Taylor goes to another place entirely. It's still her. It's definitely still her, but she has 100% leveled up. She released her album called Midnight's at midnight. Isn't that fucking adorable? But then she released the 3 a.m. edition of the album, which had seven more songs. Fuck, dude. That's actually pretty sweet. And the song of the week, which I'm also going to be doing relatively early in this episode, is without a doubt going to be from this album. And you can come for me about it, all right? You can come all over me. I don't even fucking care. And I had the hardest fucking time narrowing it down. The opening song, Lavender Haze, sets one hell of a tone. And it's one of my favorite songs on the album. There's a song towards the end called Sweet Nothings, and that song is phenomenal. The name fits the song really well. If I just played it for you, it sounds like the song would be called Sweet Nothings, which I always think is a nice little touch. My favorite song off the album, at least right now, that I've listened to the most is Maroon. It's such a damn good fucking song. But the song of the week, I am going to have to go with Antihero because it feels like right where she is right now. It's kind of like the overture of the whole album. It's a big ass, introspective fucking masterpiece of a song. I'm probably going to change my mind to another one off the album the second I'm fucking done with this episode, but I am going to stick to my guns because I am nothing if not consistent. God damn it. I am legit mad at her for putting out such a good album. She is such an asshole. We have had so many good albums this year. We have gotten spoiled In the music department, right under our noses. Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce, Lizzo, my main man, Harry Styles, even the fucking Chili Peppers have put out two great fucking albums this year. I am already sweating thinking about the album of the year category at the 2023 Grammys. God, son of a bitch. I'm so mad at her for putting out an album that's so good. It makes me want to like re-listen to all of her stuff. I don't really have the time to do that, but I want to. I feel like that should somehow count in some way that doesn't count at all. The worst of the week, and I'm going to give a quick Marvel ho alert here, is the She-Hulk finale. I'm not saying I hated it. I didn't hate it. There are a lot of things about it that I enjoyed, which I will get to in just a second. But one of the biggest problems with the whole Marvel TV and movie universe and all the characters that are in there is a serious lack of the fans taking female characters in their storylines seriously. And don't get me wrong, that mostly has to do with comic book loving incels who are gatekeeping the characters because they think they have some sort of ownership rights over them just because they read the comics. That's kind of like me telling Nabisco they're not allowed to make other flavored Oreos because of the literal thousands of Oreos that I've eaten in my life. And by the way, that is almost certainly not The last food metaphor you're going to get in this episode, you hungry motherfuckers. Instead of telling Nabisco which Oreos aren't going to sell, me personally, I'm going to mind my own fucking business, quietly eat the Oreos that I like, get diabetes, and let someone else enjoy the Oreos that I'm not eating. Sometimes, you guys, life is better when you just shut the fuck up and eat Oreos. Okay, I think I got a little off the rails here. My fault. Also, if anyone from Nabisco happens to be listening, I am in the market for a brand deal. Depending on the size of the check, it is very possible that Oreos could be my favorite cookie ever. Back to She Hulk. I am a fan of fourth wall breaking as much as any other meta flavored nerd out there, but the finale was absolute chaos. It reminded me of the end of Wayne's World, where they did all of those alternate endings. And it was funny. Like, the, the everything they did, it was really funny. It was very clever. But it's definitely not doing the Marvel Universe any favors when it comes to taking female characters and their storyline seriously. There were no stakes in the show. There's no furthering the characters' depth. I'm not even entirely sure what the actual outcome of the season was. And that part... I did not like one iota. But overall, I still recommend the show. None of the new male characters that they introduced in the show got any sort of background or personality other than whatever they did that helped the show move forward, which is something that comic book movies, I guess action movies in general, they often do with their female characters. So seeing a show do that with the male characters was fucking great. And in the finale... Not only did the showrunners anticipate the trolls anticipate who they would be and what it is they would say before the show even aired, but they just fucking trolled them right back. The bad guys of the show in the end, and I'm not spoiling it here too much, but they were basically the He-Man woman haters club from the Little Rascals. I love that there was no fucking lessons to be learned. The show wasn't trying to change any of the fucking idiot trolls minds or enlighten them or anything like that all they did was they just trolled them right back mrs what's her name after we watched the episode put it perfectly when we were talking about it she said men never like it when women can do what men can do and the more i thought about that the more it kind of hit me hard i think the reason why that is because so many men see women as weak. And if we see women doing what it is we can do, it makes us see ourselves as weaker, which is fucking bullshit. Women are the strongest motherfuckers I know. They endure childbirth, which the way it's described to me sounds almost as painful as when I stub my toe. Okay, let's move on. Can't wait for your hate mail. Let's move on to the other side of the comic book aisle, Black Adam, which I got to see at a private screening last night that was held exclusively for people who purchased tickets to the show. I'm so lame. Uh, I'm going to talk about DC comic book movies another time. But this movie in particular, like all other DC movies, is getting shitty reviews and low scores from critics, but mostly relatively decent scores from audiences. I'm cool with that. It was not a great movie, but I did like it. I had a good time. Pierce Brosnan and Aldous Hodge both stole the show as Dr. Fate and Hawkman. It was a very pretty movie. And I'm mostly talking about the after credits scene for those of you who saw the movie and know, hubba hubba. But if you have HBO Max, you can probably wait to watch it there. It was definitely not worth The Rock hyping it up for a fucking decade and a half. But I do recommend it. Shut your brain off for a couple of hours and enjoy watching The Rock do the same fucking thing he does in every single movie he's ever been in only this time he has less charisma and a lightning bolt on his chest. I do want to talk about The Rock while I am on the subject. I like The Rock a lot. I was a fan of the big time wrestling when The Rock first came on and basically it was him And Stone Cold Steve Austin, who really kicked off the whole Attitude Era of the the whole big time wrestling thing when it just like really, really jumped back into the stratosphere. And he is full of charisma. Normally, he has the best Instagram out there. It's my favorite Insta. He shows his cheat meals. He talks about his tequila, which is also fine, but... As far as movies go that he is in you know what you're getting into and as they say in the Bible Belt bless his soul he can't act but the question that I have for you guys is does he even have to act I feel like he isn't really even trying to be an actor at all as much as he's trying to be a movie star both have amazing value in the business, but they serve very different purposes. Example, Robert De Niro is an actor. Harrison Ford is a movie star. Have you ever watched a Harrison Ford movie and thought to yourself, damn, what an amazing performance. The guy is a chameleon. He's not, but he has a good movie around him and he gives ultimate charisma those things are just as important as a good acting performance when you see a movie with the rock you know what you're getting into and the reason you know what you're getting into is he has been smart enough to set his own kind of low expectations it's like going to taco bell i told you there'd be another fucking food metaphor (laughs) you're not rolling up to Taco Bell drive-thru expecting to have your life changed by a chalupa box with the Doritos Locos taco and a Baja blast. You're there because you have the drunchies, it's open, and you bribed your Lyft driver with a side of cinnamon twist to make a quick stop on the way home. Anyone who goes to Taco Bell because they have a craving for Mexican food or goes to a movie starring The Rock expecting classic American cinema is an asshole. The Rock is the same character in every movie he's in, and that might fucking be fine. He's charming and charismatic. He sticks to his story. He isn't trying to overstep or do anything embarrassing. He knows his wheelhouse, It's all about the quality of the movie around him that makes the whole package enjoyable. Jumanji and Hobbs and Shaw were both great movies and they were a lot of fun because the movies themselves were actually good. Rampage and Skyscraper, on the other hand, were absolute turkeys. With that in mind, I wanted to break down a few other actors, which I'm doing those fucking air quotes things right now, like a total fucking dweeb, even though I know you can't see me, who we all let get away with playing the same character over and over and over again in every single role they're in. First things first, I'm coming for Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is a comedic genius. I could never take that away from him. But I don't really like most of the shit he's been in. The things I do like with him, I really fucking like. The Don't Fear the Reaper sketch that he did on SNL obviously is legendary. Anytime he does George W. Bush or the immortal Chicago Cubs announcer Harry Carey, he is dynamite. When he's being interviewed on talk shows, he's really, really good. Aside from that, all his movies are the same shit. It's just him yelling ridiculous things for ridiculous reasons at people over and over and over again. He has taken a couple of chances here and there, and he tried doing things that were a little more dramatic, but they didn't really go over super well. Stranger Than Fiction was fine. It was a solid fine at best, and if you've never heard of that movie, there's a fucking reason. But otherwise... The shit people like him the most for, I feel like he's just kicking me in the balls with loud, obnoxious humor until I'm being forced to laugh. Find me a funny movie he's in where he isn't fucking screaming all the time. That is what I'm looking for. And it's the same thing with Amy Schumer. I applaud her moving from stand-up to movies, but she plays the same fucking role because she's not an actor. She's a comedian, and all the movies that she's in are built around her being a comedian. Those movies just aren't that good. Part of me kind of actually feels bad I'm saying all this shit out loud, because I know they're trying their best, and they're trying to do something really great, and here I am sitting here with no fucking pants on and a frothed coffee talking about my opinion like it fucking matters, but also... They're rich and they're never going to fucking hear this. So who cares? But it is going to get worse. I want to talk about the birthday boy today, Ryan Reynolds. Ladies, before you start digging your ovaries out of your body and pelting them in my direction, hear me out. Does he need to be anything other than what he is? No matter what movie Ryan Reynolds stars in, Green Lantern, Waiting, The Proposal, Deadpool, Free Guy, Definitely Maybe. He is just being himself, and that's probably fine. Oh my god, have any of you guys seen Red Notice on Netflix with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds just being themselves towards each other? Every scene those two of them are in together, they create a full-on zero acting zone someone else who pretty much does the exact same thing in every role they're in and i know i'm digging a little deeper here but hang in there with me is giancarlo esposito he is a little different than the other ones because he can act but he can only play one goddamn role he plays or played gus fring in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He is Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. He is... uh, What's his name? Stan Edgar in The Boys. All he knows how to do is play a towering, evil, mysterious villain, but he does it flawlessly. It's all he knows how to do, but it doesn't matter because it's fucking perfect. There have been a billion rumors that he's gonna be playing either Professor X or Magneto when the X-Men finally show up in the Marvel movies. My fingers are crossed for that, but my hopes aren't really high. Rounding out the list that I have in front of me here is Vince Vaughn. When I first saw Swingers back in the 90s, I thought Vince Vaughn was totally money until I realized that the one particular character he was playing was all he knew how to do. I will be the first to admit, I really like dodgeball. I am unapologetically like dodgeball, that shit is funny. But let's be real, Vince Vaughn has the acting range of a fucking ice cube tray. It isn't that the dude isn't good at what he does. It's just that he is good at one specific thing. And in this particular case, we're all fucking tired of it because he hasn't had a hit in a really long time. Think about it, what's the last movie that you saw Vince Vaughn in that you liked? None of these people claim to have any kind of range, which thank God, because they don't have any kind of range. The one person that is sort of on this list but also not on this list and is trying to break out and do something different is Adam Sandler. I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan. I will admit I got tired of his stuff really quick. I love Happy Gilmore. But otherwise... Oh, I did like The Wedding Singer too. But otherwise, he just kind of did the same... Oh, shit. I did like 51st... God damn it, man. All right. I like a few Adam Sandler movies. But... The dude knows himself he knows his audience he knows what they want and he gives it to them there's nothing wrong with that i really really like that i also have to give it to him for his ambition and his honesty to himself i think even he was getting a little bit bored with what he was doing and he tried to add some new shit to the palette he came out of nowhere a couple years ago with uncut gems and i do think he was robbed of an Academy Award nomination. Give him a couple of years because he gave everything he had in Uncut Gems. I think he can do it again. I don't think he's done with those dramatic roles that will knock you on your ass. I'm actually rooting for the dude because... I love that he is breaking out of his comfort zone. I'm always a huge fan of that. My whole life I've had an issue doing that. So when I see other people doing that, I really think it's inspiring. All right, let's continue the ABCs of Halloween series and pick up where we left off last week with the letter M, which is going to be for Monster Squad. The 1980s teenage boys coming of age flick meets monster movie parody with a plot that makes absolutely no sense and yet is still somehow a 90 minute fucking blast when i put this on the list i realized i haven't seen this classic in maybe over 10 years maybe a decade And I keep threatening to force Mrs. What's-Her-Name to sit through it with me. I think sometime before Halloween it's going to be time to collect. A group of teenagers somehow open a portal that allows a bunch of old-school horror movie monsters to make their way to the late 1980s Middle America. So the teenagers find ways to whoop some monster ass they cuck the shit out of Frankenstein, and they defeat Wolfman by, and I quote, kicking him in the nards. And if that description doesn't make you immediately want to turn this shit show off and watch it, I don't know what to tell you. As I'm saying this, I'm pretty fucking sure it's streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Listen to the rest of the episode, pretty please, and then go watch it, because it is a bad movie, but it is still a lot of fun before i get to the letter n i want to throw out a couple of answers to last week's gold star question before i get to my answer last week's question was what movie should you like on paper based on the kind of person you are but you don't actually like it in practice the two biggest and most provocative answers i got were The Matrix and Star Wars, which are indeed provocative. My answer to this question is going to be what I'm choosing for the letter N. Nightmare Before Christmas. Don't you dare touch that dial. Let me explain. I like Tim Burton. If you finish this episode and you think to yourself, this jackass doesn't like Tim Burton movies, you would be wrong. I love Beetlejuice. I love Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I love Big Fish, I love Sweeney Todd, I love both Batman movies, I love Sleepy Hollow, and I love the far superior stop animation flick, Corpse Bride. You can come at me for that one. I love all of those, but Nightmare Before Christmas is not a Tim Burton movie. Burton produced the movie. He brought it to the studio, he got funding for it, he did get it made, but it was directed... By Henry Selleck. Have you never heard of Henry Selleck? That's very possible. Henry Selleck also directed the also far fucking superior Coraline, which is absolutely fucking beautiful from beginning to end. Nightmare Before Christmas, on the other hand, is the goth version of Don't Stop Believin'. Oh man, I can feel some of my fellow tattooed, all black wearing brothers and sisters wanting to square up with me right now, but I'm going to stand behind this all the way. The music in the movie is fine. The concept is fine. The story is fine. I'm not telling you it's bad. I'm saying that I am fucking tired of it. The only reason it is so iconic is because it's the only game out there. There's nothing else that can give it a run for its money. And before you go praising it for being fucking unique, I could also say that exact same thing about Kim Jong-un. Just because he's unique doesn't mean he is good. And you can send your death threats to atomicschoolpodcast at gmail.com. The letter O is for October. While that is the month of Halloween... That is most definitely not what I'm referring to here. It is a very inside joke for a few select group of special people out there listening. And I want to give an extra special shout out and wink to the ones who know what I'm talking about, particularly my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's her name? Flirty cat noise. The letter P is for pumpkin spice. So there I was a couple of days ago inside Trader Joe's because they have a shitload of pumpkin spice everything there right now. And I am proudly the most basic of bitches. I got pumpkin spice bagels. I got pumpkin spice coffee. I got pumpkin spice JoJo's. I got pumpkin spice pound cake. And there I was reaching for the pumpkin spice oat milk when I actually heard the sentence, quote, Willow, come over here. We need to find the organic blueberries, end quote. And I thought to myself, what the fuck has my life become? I put all my groceries in the car and listened to Bon Iver while I cried all the way home. As pathetic as my life is now, and it fucking is, I feel so much worse for poor young Willow. I hope he disappoints his parents by coming out as not vegan when he's 16 and ends up being a huge fucking Ted Nugent fan. I'm rooting for you, Willow. I'm not gonna lie to you, Q was a tough one for me. When I came up with this idea, I knew that Q was gonna be that thorn in my side of this whole thing. But I'm gonna say Q is for A quiet place. And I'm going to use it as a springboard for two things. First, how much I fucking hate The Office. Sorry again, white people. I think the fact that I like pumpkin spice sort of apologizes for that, but I guess you tell me. But I also wanted to talk about the asshat who sat next to me when I went to see A Quiet Place in the theater. And he brought snacks with the loudest fucking packaging. I have ever heard, and he couldn't fucking open them worth a shit, and chewed all of them with his mouth wide open. If you've ever seen A Quiet Place, you know that most of the movie, but particularly the first act when everyone's eating their snacks in the theater, is extremely quiet. No words, no sound, no anything. It's all visual. It's a brilliant movie, but this fucking guy would not stop opening shit and eating really loud. I know last week I talked about not glorifying serial killers, but when this dick stain next to me was somehow able to get a crunching sound out of eating junior mints, I wanted to turn him into a fucking sandwich. R is for Roseanne. For this one, we're going to have to kick it back to classic 90s sitcom Roseanne before she went a little nuts. Old school comedy shows. And I, I don't mean old school like, you know, Bewitched and I Love Lucy. I mean like old school 90s, 2000s comedy shows. They had holiday themed episodes. A lot of different shows had the ones that were their specialty. Will and Grace, owned Thanksgiving. Their Thanksgiving episodes were always two-parters. They were always very poignant and very funny and very wonderful. Valentine's Day, Modern Family did Valentine's Day episodes that were genius. Halloween easily belonged to Roseanne. Every year when that show was on, the Halloween episode went all out. The costumes were great. The references were great. The storylines were great. You could tell that everyone from the writers to the cast were huge fans of the holiday. And I fucking love that. I particularly have a fondness in whatever's left of that thing in my chest that I laughingly refer to as my heart for the episode where Roseanne and her husband Dan have a prank war. Oh, man. One of the funniest shits I have ever seen. Different times, man. S is for slutty Halloween costumes. I don't really have much for this one, but I just want to say, ladies, thanks. (laughs) And that's pretty much going to be it for the week, you guys. I am going to uh, turn you loose and get out of here in just a second. Before I go, I do have some big... Big, big big-ass, life-changing news that I wanted to share with everybody. After 12 years, ironically, 12 years to the day, I'm not shitting you, I am leaving my job. I'm a supervisor for Best Buy, if you didn't know that. I have no sadness whatsoever. I have no sour grapes. I have loved every second of it, every employee call out, every clopin, having my shifts changed on me at the last minute without my approval, getting laptops, plural, thrown at me during returns, customers who snap their fingers or whistle at me to get my attention like I'm a fucking dog, being turned down for a leadership position 17 times before getting promoted, anyone who's ever said to me, if it doesn't scan, it's free, the employee who currently works for me telling me that she couldn't understand why someone as lovely as my wife would want to be with someone like me, I do also wonder about that every day, being asked to approve bereavement pay because an employee's pet hamster died, no fucking joke, The customer who told me she hopes my dick falls off because I wouldn't return a $30 item that she admitted she broke one year after it was purchased. Spoiler alert, whoever you are, unfortunately, and I do mean unfortunately, it has not fallen off. The GM who I worked for that called me Mark for the first month or two I worked for him being asked every fucking August if I know what the sales are going to be for Christmas, employees who want hours but never want to work, overhearing my managers making fun of me for my mental health issues, the countless times I have been personally threatened by both customers and employees, a complete lack of work-life balance. It has all been great. Don't get me wrong. It has been an absolute fucking slice of ice cream cake. But the fact of the matter is, Not only did I get a new job with better pay, a better schedule, and a better title, there is actually an honest-to-goodness bidding war going on right now between two rival companies I interviewed with because they both want me to come work for them. And I have to tell you, at the moment, I feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Once the dust settles and the smoke clears, which should be by next week, I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit more about where I'm headed job-wise because I'm oh good. I will most certainly have some stories for you starting day one. Be sure to follow me on InstaTwat if you haven't already at Atomic Skull Podcast. Uh, answer the gold star question that I asked for way, way earlier in the episode if you can remember. I sure as shit don't. If you have not given me a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Music, please be sure to do that. This whole thing is kind of, it's slowly taking off, but God damn it, it is most certainly taking off, and I really appreciate that. So much support every single week from so many people, so many new people talking to me about it and it is phenomenal. It makes me feel great. I wanna give that energy back to you guys. Cannot thank you enough. Please be sure to tell a nerd about it if you think that there's a nerd in your life who might enjoy some of the shit I have to say. Give me five stars on wherever it is that you're listening to this shit show because I would really appreciate that. Uh, Listen to the playlist, Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week on Spotify. There is definitely some good shit going on there. Even I listen to that playlist and I'm loving the music even though I picked it and I'm biased. That doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Should I... End the episode with a joke, or should I also start next week's episode with a joke? I think I might do that. I do have one more dirty joke specifically that is Halloween based, it's Halloween flavored that I think would be perfect to do next week to start the episode off because next week's episode will be released on Halloween proper. So I think instead of ending with a joke, I think I'm going to start next week's episode with a joke as well. It is going to be extra disgusting. I apologize in advance. And with that, you guys, thank you so much. Hope everyone is doing phenomenally and I will see you next week. How are you doing?